You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Lacrosse Boots. The Lacrosse Alpha Burley Pro is 100% waterproof from top to bottom. They're great for crossing creeks and walking through wet grass. As we all know, if your foot becomes wet during a hunt, you might as well call that hunt over. Pick up a pair of Alpha Burley Pros today and check out their website at lacrossefootwear.com. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras. Enter the discount code nine fingers that's the number nine followed by the word fingers and you can save twenty dollars off your trail camera purchase now i'm sitting in my backyard there's some locusts going crazy i'm sure you can hear them in the background right now but i am sitting and this is how much i love nature right now i'm sitting in my backyard it overlooks a bean field uh there's lightning bugs going bananas and i'm watching a bat maneuver it's not dark yet there's still a little light uh, in the sky, and I'm watching this bat make these crazy maneuvers uh, catching bugs. Uh, I don't know about you, but I like watching stuff like that, and um, the bad part is is I think that bat lives in, my, in the uh, loft above my garage, so it's cool that he's putting on a show for me tonight, but it's bad that he lives in my garage. Um, so if my wife, for some reason, listens to this podcast, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'll try to get him out, but probably not. Anyway, <laughs> so today's podcast is about climbing tree stands versus sticks and hang-ons. Uh, I guess that's kind of the main topic. And I'm joined today by South Carolinan, Carolinan, South Carolina whatever he's from South Carolina his name is Croft Griffin and that's what the discussion is today we talk about how he kind of grew up using climbers but as he is now starting to become more comfortable uh, with hang-ons and sticks uh, we, we discuss the functionality of both um, he's becoming a more serious bow hunter and he th- he feels he might be transitioning to stand hang on and sticks and um but we discussed the positives and uh, the negatives of both we also talked a little bit about the new fad if you want to call it of the saddles uh so that's what today's podcast is about man i hope you enjoy it uh but before we get into the podcast i want to say so a lot of you know um this year i'm shooting a prime logic and (laughs) dude (laughs) That bow is bananas. I love it. Uh, it's set up and it's firing rockets. Uh, I'm shooting a, a heavier arrow uh, with a. It's it's kind of like a front insert. Um, it's it's heavier on the front, so it's high FOC compared to the rest of the arrow. And I'm shooting rockets. There's zero hand shock. Uh, it's quiet, and I'm just enjoying shooting it. Um, so if you get the opportunity. Uh, Go, go check out Prime Bows, man. Google Prime Bows. Go to their website, primearchery.com, and uh, take a look at all the bows they offer. I mean, they have they have something for everybody. I uh, 
was a huge fan of the logic uh last year i uh, tested out the synergy at one of the trade shows but um i kind of fell uh in love with the logic and that's why i decided to shoot the logic this year anyway uh go check out uh, prime bows man if you haven't i know it's getting late in the summer and if you haven't purchased a bow already and you're you're looking you're in the market for one you need to check out a prime uh check it out so enough of that enough of all of that Let's get into today's, I guess it's kind of like a product review podcast, but uh, we'll just call it the Climbers vs. Hang-Ons podcast with Croft Griffin of South Carolina. Oh, crap. I forgot one more thing. The Nine Finger Nation t-shirts are out. You need to go to bustedrack.com and you need to buy one. They're 20 bucks and... A portion of the proceeds of that t-shirt are going to be donated to the Quality Deer Management Association. Now, what's that mean? It means that you're paying not only 20 bucks, you get a kick-ass t-shirt, but you also are donating money to the Quality Deer Management Association. So it's a win-win-win. You get a kick-ass t-shirt, and uh, you know the money's going to a good cause. So there's that. Now... (laughs) Now we can get into the podcast starting now. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Croft Griffin. How you doing, man? Doing good. How are you, Dan? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. You sent me an email or a Facebook message and you're like, hey, man, how about a podcast on climbing tree stands? Because that's something that uh, on this particular podcast that uh, I know I don't talk a lot about because I don't use climbing tree stands so i think we can have a really good conversation there but before we get into the main topic i got a couple questions for you about uh, where you're from and what do you do for a living so where are you from and what do you do for a living well uh i'm from greenville south carolina and i work in um the firearms industry uh i work for a machine shop that manufactures uh sound suppressors for rifles and pistols wow that's a first so that's a first so you machine the, <laughs> yeah you, you machine those tools or the, that uh um so i don't work on i i work for the machine shop um i i'm actually the welder okay. um so if you i don't know if you're familiar with the silencers or not um the way we manufacture ours, we, we weld all of ours together. Um, so that, that's my job. That's my role in the company. I'm, I'm the head welder and, uh, that's, that's pretty much what I do all day, man. I tell you what, that's one thing I need to become more educated on, uh, because I honestly don't know shit about guns other than, um, like a shotgun you put the slugs in right and yeah and i have a pump i have a pump mossberg 20 gauge that i've killed several turkeys with and i i'm comfortable with it i've never i've never been rifle hunting before i've never hunted with a muzzleloader before uh just shotguns and that's all i know but it's definitely something that i'd love to get into but feel that you know once you take a step into firearms it's like an abyss yeah, so there's there's definitely a lot of options out there. Um, you're you're in Iowa, right? That's right. So do y'all ha- do y'all have like a rifle season out there, or is it just bows and shotguns? It, for the most part, it's bows and shotguns. However, uh, this year they were able to. Now it's it's an ammunition. It's a rifle shell but Mm -hmm. it it doesn't have the like uh, a crimp around the back end of it i don't i know i'm not using the right terminology so it's like a slug well it's not a slug it's it's a you can use a rifle but the bullet itself is i don't know there's a specific casing for it um okay but it's not a slug uh i mean it's a rifle and uh you can use those not it's not like a this it's not like a 30 out six i don't know i i wish right. I, I knew more about it to have the conversation but there's only a certain type of ammunition that you can use and then uh late season uh doe only i think you can i think you can use a rifle uh on one of those seasons but again uh i'm not up to date with all that because i don't gun hunt so right right and uh i i haven't gun hunted uh, I think this will be my fourth season now. 
Yeah. Um, my, my rifle has been in the, in the closet. Um, so I haven't even touched it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So on, so on these suppressors, are they for rifles or handguns or do you just kind of make a variety of them? So it's for both. Uh, we, we have, um, three silencers that are, um, specifically for, uh, long guns, rifles. Um, and then we have, um, one, two, we have three, uh, pistol suppressors as well. Um, but our, our, you know, our pistol suppressors, you can run like a, um, 300 blackout rifle on, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but I, I'm not super big into like guns and shooting a lot, which is kind of weird for, you know, the industry that I'm in. Right. Um, my, my background is, is pipe welding, honestly. Um, and, and doing like construction welding, but, uh, I kind of, kind of fell into this job and it's been great. Um, I've been there three years now, so. Gotcha. So all I, all I know is from the movies, right? Like you put a suppressor on the end of a a gun and it just goes, you know, nothing, yep. nothing, like, is <laughs> it, know, is it really like that the, loud? Man, it's like, it's like the cliche thing that people think it's like, does it really make like the pew pew noise? Yeah. Um, and it, it doesn't, I mean, you know, if you put, we, we test all of our rifle suppressors on a 308, uh, bolt gun and you still want to wear, uh, ear protection. Cause I mean, it's still loud. I mean, now if you get into like uh, uh, AR-15 uh, chambered in 300 blackout with a, a super heavy bullet, it sounds like a paintball gun. Oh, really? Um, and that's pretty cool. That's fun. Um, yeah. Those are those are some of the, the fun days at work. Uh, you know, getting to to test stuff and and you know get to go out on the range because we have a range right out back at work. So uh, you know, there's days that we'll. Um, we'll just go out and we'll have a range day. Um, so that's kind of cool. Cool. Yeah, man. Like yeah. I've always thought about, you know, how crazy this, this, uh, nation is right now with guns and trying to ban everything and restrict everything and all that crap. It's like, yeah, I almost sure. want to buy an AR or some kind of, you know, semi-automatic rifle just so I have it. You know, not necessarily. That I think I'll ever you should because I think every red-blooded American should have one. Yeah, I agree for sure. Maybe well, yeah. then I should buy two. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> one one for each hand. I wonder what my wife would say if I came home with like two ARs, and uh, <laughs> just man, she would probably be really pissed at me. Yeah, but I don't care anyway. <laughs> South Carolina, my my wife would, my wife would probably do the same thing. (laughs) You got kids? Um, I don't, I have one on the way. Okay. Um, so we're, uh, we have a baby due in October. Oh man. Right in time for deer season. Oh my God. Um, Did you get tricked? Actually, uh, man, I don't know how that happened. It's it's (laughs) one of those things. It's just like, (laughs) she's, she's like a gypsy. Yeah. (laughs) But um, actually, today, uh, August fifteenth is um, the lower part of the state deer season opener. So, um, so South Carolina's deer season opens up on October fifth or August fifteenth. August fifteenth is so for the lower part of the state. I live in the upstate in Greenville, um, so the lower part of the state from like uh, I think it's columbia down to like charleston south carolina down near the coast they their rifle season opens opens up today and is it rifle season all year round yep (laughs) yeah so i where i hunt um i i used to have uh a hunt club that i was in um it was like almost a thousand acres and in that part of the state um, the, the season for rifles doesn't open up until October 10th. Um, but bow season opens up September 15th. And that's, that's where I live now, um, in Greenville. Um, that's how it is up here. You know, we, we, our bow season opens up September 15th and then rifle comes in October 10th. Okay. Wow. But, but, but... so it's a little better up here, but I mean, the whole state is like, 
especially in the lower part of the state, I mean, it's rifle season all year round. Okay. <laughs> like, I mean, it, from, uh, let's see, from September 15th to January 1st, or no, sorry, sorry, August 15th to January 1st is, is rifle season for the lower part of the state. September, October, November, December. So four and a half months of yeah. complete bombardment is what I'm yep. guessing. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I don't hunt the lower part of the state anymore. Um, I, I kind of try and keep to the upper part of the state. And then um, we take a, a trip out west to Kentucky uh, to every year to, to bow hunt out there. And that's kind of what I I'm focusing on uh, primary the last couple of years is just waiting for that Kentucky hunt to, to get a chance at a big boy. Gotcha. So what's the, uh, what's the deer population, the deer quality density, whatever, uh, in the area that you hunt in South Carolina? So when I was at, uh, the hunt club that I was in, uh, I, last year was my last year there. I didn't join back this year because of the baby and all. Um, just wasn't right timing. Um, the deer quality was awesome. We had some giants out there and we still have some giants out there. Um, what's a giant population? Uh, so, I mean, <laughs> South Carolina, I mean, you know, you, if you shoot a 140, you're doing good. I, I feel like maybe even if you're shooting a 130, you're doing good. Okay. Um, so, I mean, not, and I guess that's kind of a lot different from, uh, from where you're at in Iowa. Um, you know, I, you probably pass up 130, 140, 150 classes all the time. Um, but out here, I mean, it's just few and far between. Um, we, you know, the land that we hunted, um, we, it had been managed for quite a few years and it took a long time to get the deer quality up there. But, uh, I think next year, if there's an opening, I'm going to slip back in. Gotcha. My wife doesn't know that yet. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, you're going to be missing probably some type of hunting time with that baby being born in, in October. For sure. What's so, the due date? Um, October 6th. Okay, so somewhat early. I guess you'll have yeah. three months in before. I don't know. What time's the rut where you're uh, where you at? Late October, early November. Okay. Um, and so the good thing is that her, her dad, my father-in-law owns, uh, 10 acres in, in the lower part of the state where the, um, where the season opened up today. Yeah. And, uh, it, it backs up to about 25 or 30 acres that no one hunts. So I've got like a deer honey hole down there and there's just massive amounts of, of the herd out there is ridiculous. Okay. Um, I think I drove into his driveway one night and out in the field, there was like 30 deer just standing there staring at me. Wow. Um, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. I, but, just, um, I feel that when you open a season up on with a rifle on, uh, <laughs> on August 15th and it goes all the way till January 1st, I feel like the deer are in the woods just like communicating with each other. Like, Hey man, <laughs> All right, it's August fifteenth, man. Everybody, uh, let's send. Uh, we're, we got to sacrifice someone. Everybody, go out, and then from here on out, we're nocturnal the rest of the year. I just feel like that's yeah. what it would be like. So I'll I'll give you a little like so Thanksgiving last year, um, I saw twenty eight deer Thanksgiving morning, okay. um, out of my father in law's place, and I shot two of those deer with a bow. <laughs> okay, um, and out there where he's at i you know doesn't get a whole lot of, of hunting pressure so it's kind of like a sanctuary out there for them so I, I i feel like i'm kind of lucky in that sense where it doesn't get a whole lot of hunting pressure so I, I have a little place where i can go and you know if i need meat or you know something like that i can i can go out there and shoot a deer um i haven't shot terribly large deer out there um i shot an eight point out there last year but it wasn't anything really to brag about um and then I think I sent you that picture of that weird buck that I've got on yeah. camera uh, out there this year. And I don't know if he's going to die or not yet this year. Gotcha. We'll see. Cool. So, well, yeah. 
tree stands. That's what we're going to talk about today, specifically climbers, right? Uh, and that's something I know yep. nothing about because I use hang-ons okay. and sticks, right? Um, right. I, I've only used a climber maybe once or twice ever, and okay. um, I got halfway up the tree, couldn't get around a big branch, so I went back down, uh, went over to a different tree that was more straight with less branches, climbed up, and uh, I saw a deer, but you know nothing, nothing was really where I needed it to be. It was just kind of a learning experience that night. I didn't like it, so I went back to sticks and uh, – sticks in a hang on. So the first question I have for you is when did you start using a climbing tree stand? Cool. Uh, I think I got my first climber, man. I think it, I was either 13 or 14. I got it for my birthday. Okay. And it was, it was not like a light climber like we have today. It wasn't easy to pack in. It was one of those stands that you buy and you put out in the woods at a spot and you leave it and you just, you leave it there all season. Um, and you don't move it around a lot. It was steel. It, it probably, man, this thing probably had to weigh 30 pounds. It was just <laughs> clunky and just cumbersome. Um, so you kept it strapped it, to the bottom of the, uh, of the tree. Right. Yeah. Okay. That that's normally how it would, it would work. Um, you know, back then I was out, you know, I, I didn't start bow hunting until, uh, primarily, you know, I'd, I'd always bow hunted a couple times a year, but never, uh, never straight through. Um, and definitely not, you know, season after season, but, um, I, I met my buddy Clayton Vaughn and that all changed, uh, I think in 2014 and I went down the rabbit hole of, of bow hunting and I'm never going back to shooting a rifle. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Clayton was on the uh, podcast on this podcast. So, um, you guys are hunting buddies then? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he, um, he joined the, the club that I would, I'd been in, um, back in 2014, I think it was. And I, I met him and he, he's been a really influent, influential, um, you know, person, uh, who helped me out getting in, getting started in bow hunting and, you know, tree stands and, um, what to buy, what not to buy. Um, so if it hadn't been for him, uh, I, I probably wouldn't be bow hunting. Um, gotcha. so I have him to thank for my, my obsession. Well, kudos to Clayton bond, man. Uh, for sure. So you started when you were 13 or 14 years old, you got a really heavy climber for your birthday. So what were you using before that? Just like ladder stands? Yeah. Ladder stands. And, um, where I grew up hunting, it was a lot of like, big fields and just cutovers. Um, so we had, you know, wooden tower stands that we had built or, you know, we would, we would hang a, uh, or, you know, set up a, uh, a, a metal ladder stand that we would hunt out of. Um, or, you know, just my, my favorite way to shoot a deer back then was, uh, with a shotgun sitting on the ground. Um, but, but yeah, we, we would set up tower stands and such. Um, I think back then I had hunted a couple clubs with my dad, um, where they had had stands that were already like set up, um, and established. So it was one of those things like you get there in the morning and you, you put your, you know, your chip on a board where you're going to hunt stand 13 or whatever. Um, so that's kind of how I started out, but, um, you know, I got that climber stand for my birthday and, um, I, th I think more, more, uh, you know, more along the lines of why I wanted the climber so bad was, uh, you know, I wanted to sit by myself. I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to sit with my dad anymore. Um, which, uh, nowadays, you know, I'd give anything to just sit in the tree stand with him. So, um, don't take that for granted anyone that's listening. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, heavy, heavy tree stand, man. Um, so why, why did I you want, why did you want to go from a ladder stand when you were 14 to becoming a little bit more mobile, I guess you'd say, and getting a climber? Why did you want that as a birthday gift? So I think one of the biggest like memories that I have is I was hunting this club down in uh, Orangeburg, South Carolina. And one of the members there, he never seemed to hunt like the stands that were, you know, already there. 
um, the, you know, the tower stand and stuff. And I always saw him, he had a climbing stand on the back of his four wheeler. Like, man, where's this guy going to like have to use one of those? This, that, you know, it's not what I'm used to. And I, I got to talking to him, you know, I'm 13, 13, 14 years old. Um, and he's like, man, I'm, I'm hunting down in the swamp. Like that's where the big deer are. And that kind of struck a, a note with me. And, you know, from then on out, I wanted to try and be where, you know, other people weren't going to go, um, type right. deal. Um, you know, and try to try to be a little bit more mobile, um, which little did I know I was buying a stand that my, you know, hundred pound, uh, self back then could, uh, hardly carry through the woods. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's probably where it all started. Okay. So how many years did you use a, a climbing tree stand and what was the, some of the benefits of using a climber? Um, so like I say, I got, got the climber 14. Um, man, I just sold that thing like three months ago to a guy. Um, so up until 2016, which was my first year going out West, I use that climber every year in the woods. Um, and I think, you know, the reason why I wanted to use it and why it was beneficial to me is because the club that I had joined, um, with my dad didn't have stands set up. So I could put that stand wherever I wanted to, you know, I could go scouting and find, you know, good sign or, you know, where the deer deer were crossing, you know, trails and, and such. And I could set up, in that location generally pretty easy you know it could be pretty far back in the woods and i wouldn't have to you know tote uh, a ladder stand to go back there and put up which you know i i did that as well you know um but for the most part that climber really came in handy you know getting back into the places where i didn't want to have to you know carry a, a ladder stand right right so it was a little bit easier for you to maneuver. You became a little bit more mobile. Um, now the learning curve with it, because it is, you know, it's a, it's a different piece of equipment. What did you, what were you able to do and not do with that? How long did it take you to become really comfortable using it? Man, uh, I, I think I still learn new things on, on how to maneuver it better uh, every year that I use one. Um, so as far as that goes, like I, I, the, the more you use a piece of equipment, the better you're going to, you know, learn it. And I think you don't quit learning it. Um, so I'd, I'd probably say it probably took me a couple of years to get to where I, I could say like, I'm comfortable using it. And not to say that back then I was the quietest, getting in and out um yeah you know that that really wasn't on my mind back then i just wanted to get in the woods and and you know get up a tree and you know hopefully get the you know shot to to shoot something um to, or to, to at least see some deer um but uh yeah it you know until i got the climber that i'm using now i, I don't think that i was fully like I guess, uh, what am I trying to say? Um, at, at my like peak with a climber. Okay. Um, so the, this so, newer climber, I mean, this, this newer climber that you ended up picking up helped you, uh, the, the functionality of it was a little bit more, you know, a little better and you're able to, to use a, a climber, I guess the way a climber should be used. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, so the one I use now, I think it's, uh, it's, it's made out of all aluminum. Um, so it's significantly lighter, um, a lot easier to pack in. Um, I've put, um, I don't know if you've ever seen like a army rucksack, but the shoulder straps on it are removable. Yeah. So I went on eBay and I bought a set and I, I put them on the back of the stand um and this is another trick that i got from from clayton um but I, I put the shoulder straps and then like a kidney belt on the back of the stand so it was more comfortable to carry in um i was able to carry it longer distances you know without fatiguing um getting sweaty um you know that kind of thing you know 
that 30 pound stand, there's no way I could have, you know, I would have never in a million years even thought about taking that thing to Kentucky. There's no way. So Um, how how new is this, this new tree stand that you purchased? I bought it. This is my third year going out West. So I bought it, uh, 2016. I bought it because that would have been my first year going out to Kentucky. Yeah. 2016, 2016. Um, and obviously, there's a lot of climbing tree stands on the market, uh, but right. what was your, you know, how did you go about breaking down, you know, hey, I need a new climbing tree stand. I'm going to spend some money. Um, what were some of the things that you were thinking about uh, and helped you make that decision on that tree stand and maybe even add what brand it was and what other brands you were looking at? So... I really, honestly, I, I really only looked at one brand and that's because, um, it's what I had before. So I, I, I went with a summit, um, just because that's what I'd used in the past. Um, as far as what I was looking for in a climber now was I knew going into this, this trip that I was going to be walking a lot right? and I didn't want to, you know, I, I needed something lighter. So that was, that was number one, um, needed to be lightweight. Um, and then, uh, Clayton and I actually bought the same tree stand the same year and, and he and I had kind of gotten together and, um, discussed what, what we thought would be good. And he threw out, you know, a couple of stands and, um, there, there were summits as well. Um, and the price point was really good. Um, mainly because I got a super good deal on it because, uh, summit, back then i don't know if they still do it but they did like a 40 percent off discount for uh military and veterans so i picked up this tree stand for like almost i think it was almost half off um so that was that was pretty much like that was it you know um i'm not i'm not one i'll spend good i'll spend money on good equipment um but at the same time, like I'm, if I can like shave prices here and there, I'm going to do it. Right. Um, does that make sense? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Makes sense. I do that too. Um, I always look for the best, you know, dude, you got a kid coming. I got three kids. If I'm looking for, uh, you know, I'm going to do my research and I'm, and this is a, for all products. I'm going to do my research and look for what I want. And if it's probably going to be, you know, I obviously you kind of start with the high quality and then you look for discounts on it, whether that's online or you go direct to the company and say, Hey man, uh, I don't want to buy it at a store. Uh, Do you have any specials or something? And if they say no, then maybe you take a step down and you look for your choice two, three or four or whatever within, within that budget. And, uh, man, I tell you what, if you put a little effort and energy into looking for a better price i'm sure you can find it and not just pay oh sure and go ahead and there's tons of websites out there that um offer discounts uh for for hunting gear not just tree stands but um i i one i personally use camofire.com i don't know if you've ever heard of that yep i've heard of um that. man i get on there all the time and they're they're smoking deals on there for certain stuff um there's deals out there to be had. You just got to put a little effort in there to find them. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So you ended up going with a brand that you were comfortable with and that was a summit. And when you started using it, it was night and day difference, right? Easier to use, easier to carry around all that stuff. For sure. So, uh, the biggest thing is that, um, this new stand, you know, as far as, obviously it was it was lighter but it folded flat or it folds flat so packing it in and out um is a lot easier because it's not bulky i mean i think the thing once once it's folded flat and you strap it together the two halves together i want to say it's probably maybe if i had to guess eight ten inches like in in width so it's fairly thin if you think about a climber um whereas my old one the two halves just kind of nested together. Um, and man, it, they were probably, uh, a foot thick. I mean, big and bulky. it makes a huge difference. 
Oh yeah. It, it was, I don't know how I ever thought that was a good idea. Um, <laughs> but you know, you live and you learn. Um, it was one of those things that it was definitely a, a huge learning experience for me. And, um, I've even actually been looking into other climbers, um, maybe for next year that are a little bit lighter or, you know, have, um, a little bit better, uh, you know, packability. If, um, so we'll, we'll see, but for right now, I'm going to stick with the stomach. Uh, and it's, a uh, explore SD. I think that's, that's what it is. Okay. Um, and it's an open front, so it doesn't have like a shooting rail on the front. Um, which I like cause I like to stand up a lot in the stand. Right. Um, so and you, when with you bow go hunting, when you go hunting, go ahead. Right. And you're going yeah. into an area to hunt. Um, mm -hmm. you know, you have the stand on your back. It sounds like you have one tree stand and you do it every single hunt. Is that right? Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Unless like, okay. So say we're like, we're out there hunting in, uh, in Kentucky and there's a spot that I know, you know, I saw deer there that night. Um, and I'm going back in the next morning. Um, I'm just going to probably just leave it there and hope someone doesn't steal it in the nighttime. Gotcha. So you're hunting public. So, uh, yeah, we hunt public, um, out, out West we do, um, here at home I, I hunt, you know, I've got some land behind my work that I hunt and then, yeah, my father-in-law's got that land down right. in the lower part of the state that I'm, I have access to. Okay. So other than the, the example you just gave us where you leave the tree stand at the bottom of the tree, walk out, come back to the same tree the next morning, you're moving around you're, you're setting it up and tearing it down every single time. I mean, regardless of if yep. you leave it at the bottom of the tree, you still have to climb up every day. Now, yep. here's where I have a problem with okay. climbing tree stands. And it's, it's uh, a couple scenarios that I've given you where, you know, hey, I've... I've climbed up. I couldn't get past a specific big branch and I didn't want to cut it all the way down because let's say it's the size of a leg, you know, like a thigh, like this big 10 right. branch. Can't really cut those out without making a huge disturbance in the timber. So I had sure. to, I had to adjust to a tree that where I fit the tree, like my tree stand fit the tree, not necessarily the tree that I needed to be in. Right. So right. what do you do to combat that? where you walk into a timber and you know you find this gorgeous pinch point or this gorgeous you know it's just the perfect spot you find the perfect tree but it's not conducive for a climbing tree stands how do you how do you adapt to that so you either don't climb as high um which me i like to climb high in the tree um it, it's not un, uh, unusual to get 25, 30 foot up, so it, it, you know, if the tree allows. Um, so you either, you either, you find that perfect tree and it might not be in the, you know, the exact perfect spot where you would like to be, or you just don't climb as high. Um, and, and that's really, you know, that's something that I've thought about a lot here as I've gotten uh, more into bow hunting and, you know, switching over strictly to to bow hunting is um sticks and um a hang on uh so i have invested in those but i really haven't put in the time to to really get good at it yet so i'm not so comfortable with that that kind of setup yet gotcha. which i want to so um, are you saying then that the you know, the, the climber has its place in your repertoire of tree stands, but as you start to mature as a bow hunter, you're kind of realizing that maybe, uh, some sticks and a hang on is just a little bit more, uh, efficient for bow hunting. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, 100%. Um, with that being said, um, the the thing that i've noticed about our our you know our diy public hunt um you know going out there our first year i didn't really know what to expect you know i'd, I'd done a little bit of looking on on maps you know as far as to look at what the terrain looked like and everything and you know from the maps it looked i mean it's it's just hill country out there and there's just ridges and just big hills and it's just it's big big woods um so 
you know, I, I was kind of uncertain of what to you know, expect getting out there and, you know, how I was going to be able to utilize that stand in the, in the woods. But one thing I learned is, is when I went out there from, you know, what, how it differed from South Carolina is the deer did not look up into the trees. Um, so I think one of the first mornings I was hunting out there, I had this little buck come right under me and I had, I hadn't found a good tree. This is a perfect example. I I found the, you know, a good spot, but I, I, the tree wasn't there. So I had to climb a little lower. I think I was only like 10 foot off the ground. This deer walked right under me and never looked up, never knew I was there. Right. And that's with a climb. Um, that was with a climber, right? That was, yep. That was with a climber. I, I actually think I was climbing a cedar tree. Gotcha. So. And I'll tell you this, I have been busted in the past where a deer will like come from where I have my, um, sticks facing and they'll see it, see the stick and it, right. just, it looks weird to them, right? Because they're not used to it. It, it, especially on maybe a run and gun where that's the, maybe they've been using that trail all summer or all, all, uh, all October. They, they've come to that tree and they're like, Hey man, that thing wasn't there before, you know, I'm downwind. I can't smell it. So I'm going to go investigate. And then they see the next one and they see the next one up and they see the next <laughs> one up. And pretty soon they're looking straight up at you because they, they follow all of the sticks up to the hang on. So I can definitely, right. I can definitely understand where sticks might be an indicator that uh, something's not right for a deer. Sure. You know, it's, it's different to them. Uh, they're not used to that. They're, they're going to probably spook a lot easier for that. Um, now I have a question for you. Now your sticks, do you, have you done anything to like camouflage them better or, uh, what, what kind of sticks do you use? Uh, Lone Wolf, you know, Lone Wolf. I've been using Lone Wolf sticks and stands for years and years. Um, yeah. A couple of my run and gun sets that I, you know, I use as run and gun, as a run and gun set, uh, have the hockey mm-hmm. tape on them uh, around okay. around the sticks to where it muffles the noise if things clink and clank on them a little bit. Uh, I don't typically right. do anything with my stands. You know, there's all this DIY info out there that, you know, probably would help but you know once i get up to the point up to the tree and i take you know i try to get up as fast as possible but i i do it in a manner where i'm thorough and i mm-hmm. you know i'm careful I, I i slow down i take my time if maybe there's a, a tank or a tank it's you know it's it's not necessarily going to blow anything out of the timber i've i i'll, t- I'll tell you this i've never had a circumstance where I've that I know of because you know hell who knows what could happen a hundred yards down you know down the the valley or down the fence row or wherever I'm setting up uh, that has clinked so hard where I but I'm busting deer out of the woods you know what I mean right but I know sure. it's one of those it's one of those things where it's just a fail safe right so these guys are right. doing all these different things to their stands to quiet them down a little bit should I do it maybe. But, uh, I don't know. I just, ha- I haven't yet. Right. And, uh, I think, um, so like the clink and clank and, you know, that, that hollow sound, I guess. Uh, one thing about the, the summit climber is that I'm, I'm almost 95% sure that it's filled with some sort of foam, okay. um, to kind of, kind of help like deaden it. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's going to have, it's, you know, clinks and clanks and pops and stuff it's it's a tree stand it's you know it's got movable joints you can only do so much right um so i mean you just try and do what you can to combat that but um you're never going to get it 100 percent. so how long have you been using uh sticks in a a stand and, and what brand are you currently using okay so i bought i think i bought it i bought it last year i bought a millennium uh m7 micro light Okay. Um, I've seen those. Are you from? Okay. So the way they work is they've got like a receiver that you strap to the tree. Yep. Um, and it's got like a, a pull strap. I, I actually put a lone wolf pull strap on mine to get rid of the clanky ratchet strap that it comes with. Yep. Um, and then it, it slides down in the receiver. Um, and you know, you're, you're ready to hunt. 
Um, so I, I've used that a few times last season. Um, and mainly when I've used that is when my wife wants to go hunting out with me and, and I have a spot out at her, her dad's place that, um, I've got a 25 foot ladder stand. And what I'll do is I'll take a stick or two and I'll climb to the top of that ladder stand and I'll put a stick or two on the tree and I'll hang my, um, my millennium and I'll sit above her in the stand so she can come hunt with me. Gotcha. Gotcha. So then you are using that receiver for that millennium. Is that something you're like, when you use that hang on, are are you using it for a run and gun as well? Like for any Um, running gun stuff? So I haven't, I haven't used it as that yet. Um, I do plan to take it out to Kentucky with me this year because in the past, I think I've been a little more reserved when I've been out there and I'm ready to get it done this year. And I I think I'm going to go out there a little more aggressive and, uh, just not be afraid to move around. And I think with that, it'll be a lot easier for me to accomplish. Um, whereas, uh, you know, the climber, you, you obviously you got to climb down and you got to climb down the tree and then pack the stand out with, and then with sticks in the, um, the, the hang on, you know, you, you get down on your stick, attach your, uh, you know, you got your lineman's belt on and you put the stand on your back and you, you make your way down and, and you're moving. Right. Um, so I think that'll be a lot more beneficial. Um, so I, I do see the need to, to kind of switch, to use the sticks and, uh, lock on or hang on a lot, a lot, you know, a lot more. So, okay. Have you done any, so, you know, millennium is known for their, for being comfortable tree stands, right? Is, is a millennium as comfortable as they say? So the one that I have, uh, doesn't have like, I don't know if you've seen the pictures of it, but it, it almost looks like a, uh, like a camping chair, uh, seat in it. Um, mine doesn't have that. Mine, mine has this, uh, this, like, it's got the webbing seat, like all the millenniums do, but it's just this single seat, uh, that flips up so you can stand or you can sit. Um, but I mean, I've sat in it for, uh, half day hunts and, and been completely comfortable. Um, and I, I would venture to say that I could probably, uh, make do with, with that stand to, to pull an all day hunt. Um, I wouldn't be afraid to do it. So they're, they're fairly comfortable. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've got a couple of buddies that have, uh, the bigger millennium, uh, like that. I think it's like the M 100 or, um, they have the, the big nice seats that have the backs to them and all. So you're, you know, your back's not against the tree. Um, and those, those are comfortable, man, that I'm, I'm on the millennium website right now. And that M seven micro light looks really small oh it's tiny let's see what it weighs here it is it is super tiny um the only thing i don't like about the the millennium stands is the fact you have to put that receiver up first and then hang the tree stand on on it right which so if you owned your own property if you owned your own property and you could buy a whole bunch of receivers or we're on a, yep. a property where you knew that you could go back and, and hang on a specific tree every single time, that might be a benefit, yep. but man, I, I don't know. I, I like being able to do like a one trip type deal where you pull everything up in the tree with you. Yeah. And, and you're, so you're using the lone wolf stand too, right? Along with the sticks. Yes. And the lone wolf tree stand, they have like the, uh, the little button, um, it's called, I think it's called the Versa button. Call. Yeah. So I made some of those at work on, on one of the, uh, CNC machines, okay. um, to use for my millennium stand. Um, I, I made them a little different, um, but I made them out of aluminum, uh, cause I wasn't sure I had never really seen the Versa button in, in person and held it. But I, I got online and I looked at them. I was like, I can make that. Like we've got like enough scrap steel around here where I can stick some steel in the machine and, and just make one. Right. Um, and I, and I did. And so with my millennium stand, I've got one on each side of the bottom where you, where you would cam the, uh, the platform down. Right. Um, and I use a lone wolf, uh, pull strap. And I, you know, I wrap that around the tree and then I hook onto the buttons and I, I cam the, uh, 
the platform down and I use those um, to kind of lock the platform and stand uh, on the tree so it doesn't move around when I'm trying to get on or get off. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So, so like moving forward then as you start adding more tree stands to, let's say, I don't know, you have one, you have one tree stand, uh, one hang on, you have one climber. What are you using for sticks when you, uh, when you're using your millennium? So I bought the, uh, the Hawk helium sticks. Okay. Um, and I actually, uh, they come with this, uh, the pull strap as well. Right. But it's got this big metal piece on there that you got to hook into. I actually got rid of that, and I I made some more of those buttons. Right. Um, and I, I'm using the rope mod now, um, and it works out great. Uh, they're they're nice and light. I think they weigh, I want to say they're like three pounds a piece, maybe right. lighter. I can't remember. Um, so you but made, they all you made some together modifications, real nice. right? to that i did did did. you have to drill into it or does that button that you made kind of go right into it so the it uses the same factory hole but what i did is i used a bigger fastener so i did open that hole up a little bit okay um i can't remember what size uh screw um comes on the 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 stick factory but i did up up the size i think to like a quarter inch bolt or something like that um just for peace of mind. I mean, I, I'm sure it was fine the way it was, but you are, know, are you gonna? I, buy, I, I like to upgrade. Are you gonna buy helium sticks again if you ever, were ever, to ever buy them? I mean, do you like them? I do like them. Okay. Um, I like that the there's steps on both sides. So, right. I, I, have you seen the helium sticks? Yeah. Yes, I have. Okay. Yeah. So they have uh, what is it? Six steps, uh, three on each side. I like that it has those. Um, I, I still need to do some scale strip on there to try and make them a little quieter. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd buy them again. Um, I've actually contemplated buying an extra stick to try and get a little bit higher in the tree. Um, cause like, you know, with my climber, if I'm, if I find a good straight tree, I can get 30 foot up and I'm, you know, I'm happy. So, and that's one thing that I found with my, my sticks is that I can't get as high up in the tree, um, as I could with my climber. Gotcha. gotcha. And, and that's partially because I'm not, um, I'm just not seasoned on it enough. So there's probably things that I'm doing wrong that I could do better to, to get higher in the tree or, you know, use the tree to my advantage, but it's all in, all in due time, I guess. What do you think you're getting for a height when you use your uh, stand and sticks? Um, so I, I put a, I've, I've seen a lot of the guys do like the movable aiders. Um, and I've got, I've got one on my very bottom stick, um, just so I can get that first stick up there real good and and high in the tree, uh, trying to get an extra, you know, two, three foot out of it. Um, and let's see, I got three, what are there? Three sticks, four sticks. I think it's three. Um, three or four i could probably get 20 22 foot okay okay so i mean not not terrible i right. mean that that's definitely definitely a good height and how tall are you uh right at six foot right yeah i think and that's i can get to 20 foot 20 plus feet if i really push it and take some big steps from stick to stick but uh i'm somewhere yeah. around that 18 feet and depending on if it's a if it's a straight tree uh it's probably in that 18 foot, but if there's, you know, uh, a couple branches that are big enough to where I feel comfortable stepping on them and using right. them as a step, I can go a little bit higher. But, uh, yeah, I like to hunt somewhere around that, you know, between 15 and I know this is a big range, but that 15 to 22 feet, that's like that's a seven foot right. range, but it all depends on the thickness, right? So if you run and gun into some place, it's real thick and nasty. The higher you get, the more you're going to have to trim out. And that just means the more time sure. you're on the ground when you need to be in the tree stand. And the time of year that you're hunting too. I mean, yeah. if it's early season, you know, you don't want to get above that canopy. Um, you know, later season you can get higher and you, know, you can get away with a little bit higher without having to trim so much. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it sounds like each kind of have their, their benefits. Um, 
benefits and, and, and negatives, you know, positives and negatives. So if you were to only hunt, let's say I had, if there's one tree stand left in the entire world and it was a stick, sticks and stand, hang on, or a, a climber, what would you pick? Mm. Man, all this talk about climbers, I, I hate to really, uh, you know, turn my back to it, but the more I, like I, like I said, the more I evolve into, you know, being a better bow hunter, I think that it would, it would benefit me to go with, uh, um, sticks and, and hang on. Gotcha. All right. So, for sure. so there's a trend that's happening right now. Right. And there, there's this, this, uh, I don't know, I don't know if I want to call it a fad, because I, I see its uh, functionality, but uh, those uh, harnesses, um, God, saddles, tree saddles, right? Okay, uh, there's, yeah. There's a couple different companies that are starting to make these tree saddles and a variety of different ways to climb the tree, whether you're, you're going to use sticks with aiders or um, that wild game ink has those, uh, those little steps that you can cam down to the tree and whatnot, but... Uh, do you ever see yourself maybe progressing to the next step and trying for like an ultra ultra light setup where you're running gunning and, and maybe hunting out of a tree saddle? Mm. Um, I mean, I can definitely see it. Um, actually, uh, Clayton, he has tried to talk me into it this year already and I'm, I'm, I'm not there yet. Um, but I can see, like I said, I, I, I could see the, um, the versatility of using a saddle. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can literally climb any tree that um, can hold you, I guess. I mean, I, I don't know how big of a tree you can climb with, with one of those. Um, yeah. but I mean, you, you could hunt literally any tree, any height that you wanted to as, as far as, um, depending on how many steps you have. Um, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about, I don't know. I feel like it would be an awkward, an awkward motion hanging from the tree and trying to shoot, um, I guess back behind you. So like if you were facing the tree and like you had a deer come, come from your, you know, six o'clock and that was your shot. I feel like that would be awkward. And it would, you know, I think there would yeah. be a pretty big learning curve there, but, yeah. um, definitely something I can, I, I would want to try, try it out first to see if I would like it. Um, I wouldn't go, you know, diving in head first though. And, you know, buying one without trying it first though. Right. Yeah, man, that's, that's the same kind of concern I have is if you're facing a tree, I'm a, you know, I draw back with my right hand and if yep. I, if a deer comes to my right, I either have to swing my body all the way around the tree to get a, a shot at it or like whip the bow over top of me and kind of have an awkward motion to the right. I just feel like there's a potential for too much movement there and right if you know i'm in a tree stand the only thing i'm really fighting is my safety harness line and if done right yep. i mean i got I, I know friends that um they don't even they use a uh a hip harness so it's connected to it's connected to their their hip and not uh off the yep. top off their back so okay I don't know, man. It's one of those things where, you know, as I progress, as I continue to progress, um, I don't know if it's something I'll try or not, but you know, right now me personally, uh, I'm a, I'm a sticks and stand, I'm a sticks and hang on kind of guy. And I feel that for for me, it, uh, it's the most efficient for the way I hunt. It sounds like you're heading down that path as well. I'm, I'm getting there. Uh, the more, like I say, the more I progress into bow hunting, the, the more I'm, I'm seeing the, uh, the need for it. Um, now that's not to say that I'm going to, you know, go throw my climber in the trash, but, um, you know, I think they both, they both have their place. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I also have, I mean, I have, I have other lock on stands that like I'll, I'll set up and just leave for the season and then I'll, I'll either have like uh, muddy stagger steps, and I'll I'll just hang those up for the season. And those are spots that I'll I'll frequent. You know, I can I can kind of switch around a little bit where I'm going to hunt yeah. um, from just different stand locations without having to carry a stand in. You know, that's that's more along the lines of you know 
where I hunt out at my, my father-in-law's where I can leave the stand. I know it's not going to get messed up. Right. Absolutely. So, well, yeah. man, uh, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to come on the podcast and chat tree stands with me. Thanks, man. Sure, man. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, another podcast in the books. Huge shout out to Croft for hopping on and chit-chatting with me tonight, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, If you haven't already, please go to iTunes, leave a review. Huge shout out to all the partners of the podcast. Uh, If it wasn't for the partners of this podcast, Prime, Ozonix, Ripcord, Lone Wolf, Wasp, Deer Lab, Exodus, and I know I'm missing one. But uh, uh, please go support those companies because they support this podcast. And if you if you buy from them, guess what? You're supporting me. So there's that. Now, social media, guys. We do a lot of stuff on social media. Not only uh, on Facebook and Instagram for the Nine Finger Chronicles, which you need to be sure you're following, but also on the Sportsman's Nation. So please go and follow on Instagram and Facebook, the Sportsman's Nation. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you download tell your friends about it uh and lastly uh what else what else what else what else i think that's it i think that's it i think i i've promoted myself enough i've promoted this podcast enough i've promoted uh the sportsman's nation enough and um i think we're good i hope everybody has a absolutely great weekend uh dude deer hunting season is getting very close my elk hunt is only two weeks away and i'm starting to get aroused because that's how excited i am to go on it i hope that everybody has a great weekend and just a friendly reminder from our friends at hunter safety systems please wear your damn safety harness have a good weekend Thank you.